to another Into the West episode. My name is Charles. With me today are Richard and Ian. And here we have another tier list for you guys. Today we will be talking about the Kingdom of Angmar, and we will be uh, tiering all the heroes and all the warriors from this list. Uh, before we get started, we just want to uh, recognize and uh, shout out our patrons. Um, thank you all for your support. You guys are awesome. If you are interested in more content or other perks that we have, please visit our Patreon page, link in the description. All right, let's dive right into Angmar. So let's dive into the profiles. And to start, the Witch King of Angmar himself. So <laughs> straight to the top. So we've, we've done an episode covering him a long time ago, back in season one. He is such a versatile hero well, people who played with or against this hero know that you can modify his might will and fate kind of customize it in the list building process you can spend however much points you want on him so he can fit into pretty much armies of all points levels and he can almost do anything as well he's he can be pretty good in combat you know he's a pretty good spellcaster he's also a pretty good support hero he's often in the conversation for being one of the best uh, evil heroes he's he's very much on the short list there and i would argue um, he's even better than the other list that he's available in so barador and mordor I, I think just because of the options available in mordor as good as he is you see mordor list without him but then in angmar you know it's hard to ally in and he's just so good in this list and he gets like extra bonuses like with the army bonus and stuff so it's he's as close to a must take as as it gets i think yeah i think unless you're doing it at smaller points values um and and with more of a niche list uh with like with this army you might not see him but for the most part he's going to be in like every single list in some capacity he's going to be there with the crown probably on the horse if not for nothing else than the just being able like a, a very strong command or compel caster but also as like a secondary or tertiary hitter just because with the crown and on the horse he can still hit four attacks on the charge which is great yeah i think he's a he's an easy legend i can see you maybe building uh angmar without him in like a special kind of build but you know he's the foundation and you want him most of the time you're just too damn good. He's he's kind of what all these other like jack of all trades heroes want to be, but don't quite hit. <laughs> yeah. All right. And our next hero is the Dwimmer Lake. We have a video ranking all nine named ring rays, and we do talk about him quite quite a bit in that one. Uh, so check it out if you haven't already. If you've seen that video, we generally were not a huge fan of him. Uh, he was amazing in the last edition of the game, and uh, he took a massive nerf this edition. And um, I, I think I've only seen him in one list in one game uh, out of, like, since 2018, since the start of this edition. So I always mix these two wraiths up. Probably because we don't see him that much, but which one is he? Is he the one where you spend extra resources? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so on a 4+, plus, he spends a will, and on a 4+, plus, he makes you have to spend another point of might, will, or fate, right? Yeah, and he's the one that has to go two-handed and has no might. Mm. Is he, is he, he, 
he has he's a good he's a decent caster though and um i think 16 will i believe so slightly higher zero than six. normal yeah like zero sixteen two is that is that it yeah but he's he's essentially just a bad grima right and like it's it's sad because the special rule is so fun it's it's a rule that i would love to see more of because those kind of rules challenge your opponents and adds more decision making it's not just like a oh my guy does this to you so you you your guys just becomes worse kind of like a shade effect but it's uh it's actually like a decision maker if it was i don't know if the role was like a little bit better because like a four plus isn't that great i don't know if it was a little bit more improved or if it was like you spend a will and it activates for the turn be a lot better yeah so how it used to be is you didn't have to spend a will at all it was just passive ability at all times so it was borderline broken so if they kind of just like ian said stuck in the middle you spend one will at the start of the 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 turn um i think that would have made it like just balanced but because they made it on every single use that you're just going to run out of will really quickly or you're just not going to cast many spells I think conceptually, it can it's devastating if you combine it with the other spellcasters that Ingmar has. That we'll get into later. Like if you combine it with a paralyze, or if you combine it with a shade. If a hero had to use two might to to might up their roll, you could re- kill heroes really really easily. But just his price tag, like for what he does, he's way too expensive. Personally, I'm thinking I'm thinking a minor. Like I can see. Maybe a list working out if you're a really experienced player and you know the combo that you're trying to set up. I can see him being pretty effective, but you you kind of have to know what you're doing when you're taking him. Yeah, it's a bit sad though because I feel like this profile fits in really well with all the other stuff in in Angmar and it works well, but yeah, it's just not very good right now. This one was consistently either the uh, worst or second worst uh rape on all our lists so i don't know i think if this isn't an independent then i don't know what is so i'll i'll throw a vote that way and plus the fact that we like we said we haven't even really seen it right so you got to be desperate to take him (laughs) sure put him down there why not i don't know it's it's not gonna more controversy I don't know, I just think at high points, if you can combo him with, uh, like, heavy spellcasting, you could get his points back. It's just, it's got to be a very specific build. But, like, it's, it's hard, though, at high, even at high points, because you're probably going to go Witch King, and then you grab him, and then you grab Gulivar. That's, like, over 500 points just on heroes. And I know, like, Angmar can afford to do that, but then they're missing out on, like, they're not going to take any barrel lights. They're, they're probably not going to get a captain because he's going to have to spend the rest of the points on troops. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking more of like a like a um, list where he's the biggest guy. So like oh. you take Dwimmer Lake and then you take like two barrel whites and then a shade or something. Okay, and then you just but, go for the debuff yeah. stack. But but like if you think about it, he's worth like more than two barrel whites. So you're saying that it's making it harder to resist one barrel white. But if you're you add two more barrel whites, <laughs> that's probably you're probably gonna get it through as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> like four barrel whites throwing <laughs> one die paralyze every turn. <laughs> Next we have the tainted. I think he's 
he's a solid option, nothing too crazy. Um, I've seen him here and there, but you kind of have to build a particular list around it, like a very specialized list that utilizes his ability. Um, yeah. So I would say fortitude. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning to fortitude as well. I think like if you are going to take a second wraith in the list, you go you go for the witch king and then you go for him. Yeah. And also it's kind of funny. I think he's maybe the like one of the only wraiths that actually got a buff this edition from last edition in the way his special rule works because you get to choose to trigger it rather than it always being up, right? Which is that's pretty nice. But you know, you got to be really careful because if you activate that special rule and then you're broken, bye bye orcs. The reason I don't think we see him a lot is because there are so many better heroes in, in Ingmar, as we'll talk about in a bit. Being a list that you ne don't necessarily need a lot of might, you can be in a situation where you don't care if your models don't benefit from heroic actions, and that's when he shines. It just, again, it's a very situational special rule where you're going to have to know when to use it, and you're going to have to build around it a little bit. But yeah, I, I like him generally. I mean, at least it fits the Angmar niche because, like, they have terror everywhere, and that's why they don't need a lot of might. Like, imagine having that special rule as like a Rohan player or something. Just that would be absolutely useless. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next hero we have Gulivar. Now we talked about him a little bit in our collab video with the noobs in the monster tier list. Okay, so. Yeah, I don't want to go into it too much because we've already ranked him in a tier list. But I will say, August 2023, there was a kind of a nerf to him. He was used as the example for flying monsters. You know, you can't really hide behind the the regular orc warrior anymore. It, he can be shot at with no in the ways. So it's kind of significant considering like his biggest weakness is probably shooting. So does that does that bring him down a level? Before I would have argued maybe he's above the Witch King or maybe not, but now he's definitely below. I think it's a justifiable nerf to to flying monsters and flying creatures in general, but like he's still great. And I mean it does affect him a little bit more because he's one of the few ones that has like a lower defense. Like he's only defense five, but like the hero assassinating power that he has is still insane. He's is, still a great, great model. Is it more of a Gulivar nerf, or is it more of a Cave Troll buff? <laughs> Both. Oh, yeah, because Cave Trolls can still provide the in the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, personally, the FAQ is pretty recent. So, on paper, I think that maybe it won't affect him that much. Like, it's, it's still a nerf. You're going to have to be more careful with him. But with a 12-inch flying range more likely than not you'll be able to find terrain to hide behind right and yeah. still charge safely into combat it won't be as easy because like right now like the turn before the lines clash you can set Golovar like kind of in the middle of your force or something behind a couple lines and feel fairly safe and you're also in very prime position to be like hey next turn i can hit anywhere on your line so i the only thing is like now you're weakened positionally that you're forced to like, let's say maybe go off a little bit more to the side behind terrain, which isn't maybe the most optimal position. And like, it's more predictable where you can probably attack. So that's, that's the kind of nerf that I'm seeing, but honestly, that's probably only going to matter at a very, very high level of play. 
I, th I think it is a bit of a nerf, but it's not it's not going to make a huge effect on the way he gets played. Like, he's still going to be amazing. He's still going to be able to do things. It just puts a little bit more of a skill cap on it than there was before, which this army kind of, you know, it, it has a kind of high skill cap, but like we were saying before, like, if you get better at playing the game, you can get better at playing this list, and you can do a lot more stuff with it. So I don't have any problems with that jumping up a little bit more. We did do a full episode on Boulevard uh, with uh, Unexpected Podcast member Matt Iverson. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go check it out. Our next hero is Birder, the Hill Troll Chieftain. Yeah, and we... Uh... We also tiered this guy in the same monsters tier list. I believe we put him in Valor, was it? Or <laughs> that's, that's where I was going to put him this time. <laughs> no change. I well, mean, he can, he can block Olivar now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Birder buff. I, so this is kind of a controversial statement, but he's kind of this list's version of a might caddy. Like, I think he's the cheapest three might hero you can get in this list, right? Or he's one of the only, like, two or three three of my heroes you can get in the list anyway, right? I guess you can get, like, a cheap Witch King, but, yeah. But, yeah, that's... And so, yeah, he's got he's got to place it, but, again, there's, like, there's different builds. He's I think he's more popular at smaller points, because if you can't get Gulivar and all the other stuff, but you still want something that can, you know, chop heroes in com combination with the Witch King, then he's, he's kind of your man. Yeah. Correction, we actually ranked him the top of Fortitude. Oh, he got that much better being able to block Olivar. They can use us as cannon fodder. <laughs> One thing to note is that he's not a spirit, so he doesn't synergize with your army bonus. Uh, he doesn't provide your orcs with terror. And similar to the cave troll profile that we'll cover later, what he has doesn't really synergize with the tricks Angmar has. Even though he's a pretty decent profile, I think the reason you don't see him that much is because there are so many better profiles that do actually do synergize with the army bonus and with the strategies common with Engmar. We we can just blame it on the noobs. They dragged him down. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm actually thinking he might be in fortitude now for me. Well, because of like the the not providing the army bonus thing that Charles mentioned, but also you can get a fell beast on the Witch King. So if you want a secondary hitter that's like big. He kind of does it better than Birder. And also, Birder doesn't have a two-handed weapon. A standard cave troll does have a two-handed weapon. So a standard cave troll hits like harder than him. I mean, yeah, he has the advantages of having the might and a will point to resist. But the actual raw damage isn't as good as a normal cave troll. But I think anything under like 600 or under points-wise, I think he's very, very strong. I, I think that's the balance, right? Like probably like above 600 he's not the most competitive option and you're probably almost always going to go Golovar, like 700, 800, whatever, but under 600, like he's probably a better pick. I've seen Golovar at like 500, 500 and whatever. The Angmars usually don't do that well because the remaining army, when you take Golovar and probably the Witch King, you're just, you don't have enough stuff. I see your argument and I do think he, He's a pretty decent profile. I think it just comes down to there are so many options in Angmar and uh, arguably like better options. And like what was brought up earlier, why not just take more Barrow Whites? 
Well, you got to have a hitter. You can't just take only Barrow White. So. Uh, I'd be happy with him in either one, I think, in Valor or Fortitude. He's like a high Fortitude or a low Valor. It doesn't make a big difference to him. Okay. We can leave him there for now. We, we upgraded him from the other tier list. Next, we have the Wild War Chieftain. Now, I think this this one is, in my opinion, uh, underrated profile. I I know some people forget that he's in this army list, but he's a pretty solid profile. And I remember, Richard, you have brought him to a tournament a few years ago with him, right, at low points, and that was pretty good. No, it wasn't. And that's why I think I'm going to rate him not so high. It was not a fun experience. This was before the AOL Legion, and I think he's good in that Legion. But in Angmar, uh, the thing is the might. Like, you're limited with the use, and he only has two might. So that's pretty big for, like, being, like, 80 points. So he has two might. He can only heroic move with wild wargs. And that is a huge detriment unless you're playing pure wild wargs. I think his stats are nice, but when you take a deeper look into, like, the the might usage, and he doesn't have cavalry charge or monstrous charge either, so... The three attacks is always going to be three attacks. Because he's around the same points as a cave troll, right? Like, what do you think of using him as, like, a dedicated troop killer? Why not just take a cave troll? He has the the raw stats. Yeah. I mean, the move is nice. He's fast, yeah. I I understand in Assault on Lothlorien, he's more effective because you have bat swarms, because you have enraged beast. Yeah. I have that combo with him. I don't know, like, the move 10 from the war compared to, like, Birder being able to move 6, like, I think you'd still take Birder, like, almost every day of the week. Yeah, because the, the fight 5 and no strike is not really going to assassinate anything of value, to be honest, unless you do a channel transfix, which hard to pull off oh, these days. Or a paralyzed, but... But then you're you're talking about three pieces, right? You You're yeah. talking about compelling out paralyzing, and then running your Wild War Chief out to get that kill. There's other things that'll do it better, I think. I I, I think I'm going to put him in minor and just leave him there. I was thinking Fortitude, but I can see the argument for minor. He has strength 6, right? So he does hit pretty hard if you if you want to have him munching on troops. But Richard probably has more experience with Angmar, so if he... I, if he... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do like the profile and the stats and stuff. It's not a bad pick. Like, I don't think he's, like, ruin your list or anything. I just don't think it's a super strong one. I I could go with, like, a low fortitude ranking, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so we've already mentioned this next hero several times. It is the Barrel White. Uh, He's all right. He's not great. Yeah, yeah. It's It's only, like, the best spell in the game. It's fine. 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 Yeah. I mean, I kind of get why they haven't nerfed it because, like, it's the reason why Ingmar is competitive, but it's, I don't know. I, I feel like people have stopped complaining about it three, four months into the new edition. The first little bit was definitely like, oh, wow, Ingmar is broken, but that's kind of tapered off. But uh, this essentially is like, the essence and the soul of the Angmar list. Like, 
I think if you're you're playing Angmar to kind of get access to this this spell because no one else has it. Whenever I see an Angmar list without a Barrowite, I usually feel the need to bring it up. <laughs> I know when when Matt Iverson came on our episode, uh, I, I believe he brought a list, a pure Angmar list without a Barrowite, and I was just like shocked. And I think Ian once wrote, wrote an Angmar list without Barrel White too. It it just it this, the paralyzed spell is so good with um, 12 slots to lead warriors for 50 points is also just super efficient when you're trying to hoard out in in an Angmar list. Like we often complain about how like uh, minor spellcasters like this in other armies only have six slots like Stormcallers and Shamans and that brings them down a bit like he has those 12 slots and there's no detriment to your army so you can take multiple of these guys and not suffer in in your list building okay the thing about the slots is actually a really good point like if he was could only lead six i think it'd be a lot more interesting but no but like right now it's no competition right like between him and the next two heroes the captain and the shaman like you you always just go for an extra barrel light unless you really really want the barge that's the only reason he can still lead 12, so he's got like so much over the Shaman. He's the same cost as the Captain, basically. And the Captain can be a little cheaper, depending on the war gear. He's D7, but, two wounds. Yeah, and he can leave 12. He activates the army bonus, because he's a spirit hero, which is big. And then you get to the spell itself, which is fantastic for shutting down enemy heroes. Setting up what Angmar does best, which is assassinating heroes. Like, I mean, sometimes you get those assassinations going off when, like, with a Witch King doing a Compel or a, an Immobilize, but usually like, you hit him with Paralyze and then Bird or Gulovar jumps in and just one-shots the hero. Yeah, they're just automatically on the ground and they can't do anything. They, they can't even try to win the fight and force extra, like, resources or might out of whoever they're fighting. Kick a man when he's down! Yeah, it's, it's, it's gross. So... I think easy legend here. I would probably even put him above Golovar just because, like, you take him in low and high points. He's just everywhere. 50 points! It's insane! Even before you get up close, psychologically, it messes up your opponent already. Because they're only 50 points, most likely you can have more than one. So when your standard big hero only has three will, all of a sudden you're, you're super, like, conservative charging into combat because you're like okay well i might be able to resist the first paralyze but he's got a second barrel white like my hero might not do anything this game yeah the one part that they did were actually thinking about when they wrote that rule is the only giving it like a six inch range but still it's uh it's nasty i'm okay with that that ranking okay next hero we have is the orc captain so orc captains you can find them in many armies many legendary legions their role in Angmar is that they're the only profile with Heroic March. So, wait, the Wild War Chieftain doesn't have March. Yeah. He does, but it only affects um, Wild Wars. So, yeah, essentially, unless you're running an all-Wild War army, this is the only profile with Heroic March. Angmar, as we discussed, with their weakness being a glass cannon army, they're prone to shooting. That's one thing that you can take to mitigate their weakness so that's why people take this profile that's why you see it but like we said throughout this video so far angmar has many hero options so it depends what kind of angmar list you want to build whether you want to make movement and mobility one of the tools you have in your army or not i would also say it depends on what war gear you give them 
too, because he also can be like a, a pseudo hitter, right? If he's on the warg, he can take a pick, and if he's hitting a uh, a paralyzed hero, he can you know have six strength five attacks going into them on a turn. So yeah, it's it's enough to kill minor heroes or small like two wound heroes easily and, and one shot them. So he's got a bit of versatility that way. He's an or captain, I think. I think he probably just goes in fortitude somewhere. Yeah, I, I like the versatility of him. We just talked about how good the barrel white is, but I know at higher points, it's like, do you want your fourth barrel white or do you want one or captain? I'm usually the type, I guess, to lean towards a more well-rounded option and go with the or captain there. So, you know, with the law of diminishing returns, I prefer after the third barrel white, probably go with the or captain. So he, he definitely still has some use there. And just a way to get extra might into the list without, like, I think everything else that brings might in this list costs at least double his points cost, right? So, Ian mentioned earlier that you can put him on a warg and use him as a hitter, but I've also seen people just take him without any gear to, you know, make him like the cheapest might battery as possible. And if you look at the rest of the Angmar list, most of your might is on pretty big, like, centerpieces. And so if you want, like, just a small hero to do their heroic moves and and save the, the might on those big heroes, this is all, one of the only ways you can do it. In, in the, I actually would put him in Valor. I know we're kind of maybe going with Fortitude on this one, but I think he's a Valor because I see him arguably more often than Birder. So I think there's multiple reasons to take him, and, and you see him quite a bit. So, yeah, what do you guys think? It is true. I probably yeah. take him more than Birder. Yeah, I think I think you've convinced me, Charles. Actually, like he, he kind of earns the spot up in Valor simply. Like, how often do you see Orc captains getting taken in, in most other lists? Not that often. Here, he he does show up pretty regularly. So, yeah, it's fair enough. Is, is he in front of Birder though? I would say so. The Orc captain brings more utility that Angmar needs because, like, Birder brings hitting power and a heroic strike. That is in itself is not as helpful as a model with Heroic March, a model with, with really cheap points of might. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's, I mean, they're, they're different kinds of models, right? It's like yeah. one's a hitter and one's utility, but I, I see that argument. And I personally, I guess, have seen and have played the Orc Captain in Ingmar a lot more, so I'm okay with this. Next, we have the Orc Shaman. So... This model was featured on our Worst Heroes bracket, and he made it on our top 16 Worst Heroes. So, you know, knowing that we're we're not huge fans of this guy, I think we can start by kind of referencing our um, analysis on the Barrel White. The Angmar Shaman is also 50 points. So that right there is, I think, the main reason. Yes, yeah, so he's got Wither and Immobilize, right? No, Wither and instill fear with and instill fright i always think yeah yeah he's so different from all the other ones i don't know like i i like the the profile that they made a shaman that doesn't have fury and i like that it still means that angmar has a weakness to fury so it's like it, it does have very obvious weaknesses the angmar or shaman was your pick from the, from the bracket video yeah i know but like i still i like the idea of a shaman with wither like i like i like conceptually it just it doesn't it doesn't work that well in this list and and i don't know how much of that is a function of him being not great or compared to the barrel white being so much better for the same points cost i guess he has a might point where the barrel white has none but 
90% of the situations, would you rather have wither or would you rather have another paralyze? Oh, well, that's, that's the problem is you'd always rather have the paralyze, even if he does come with it. Oh, and I think he also, does he only lead six models, right? Not 12? Yeah, yeah, the, the barrel just has so much going you, for it. In addition can, to this, just... I think you can mount him though. <laughs> oh, yeehaw. Yeah, he probably goes an independent, but I I don't think it's his fault. He just needs some love, and the barrel light needs to get a little worse. I think if the barrel light didn't exist, you would see this guy in a competitive list. You would use him to combo with the other spells from the ring wraiths. Definitely. He does because he does combo well against threats against Gulivar, right? Because Gulivar is low defense, but if the enemy hero's strength goes down by a bunch, then Gulivar doesn't care as much if he starts losing fights. So, like, there is a little bit of synergy there. That's true. Though he has three will and a cast on a three. Yeah, the casting... Yeah, if the cast was on, like, a two, maybe... And and for most heroes, you have to at least successfully hit it twice because that strength four, like strength three is the same wound value, right? Like there is definitely a build there where this actually works really well combined with the Witch King. The problem is the Barrel White just does the same kind of thing, but better. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty similar analysis of our um, of Dwimmer Lake that we did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do we put them... Ahead or behind the Dwimmer Lake? Was the Dwimmer Lake in our worst heroes? Knight of Umbar was. <laughs> I would put him behind because at least the Dwimmer Lake, you're you have like a strategy around it, and I guess you would you could argue that you could surprise someone who doesn't know his rules very well. Mm-hmm. The Orc Shaman just there's simply a better point for point hero available in the list. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not. He doesn't really have any saving graces besides a neat spell that nobody else really has. And in our final Angmar hero, we have the Shade. This is a model that's known to be for a while nerfed every single FAQ. It's been nerfed, I think, three or four times at this point. It's the model that a lot of people say they hate playing with the most, and I can see why. Much cursed, much nerfed. I think is it's it's probably right where it should be. Yeah, like you can still make a build around this model and it can still be really good. But there's only one specific build and it's not like last edition where you're going to see it getting allied into every single freaking evil army with two fell beasts and then you cry yourself to sleep after that game. It's not like that anymore. It's still frustrating to play against. But it's balanced. I I really like where it's sitting right now in terms of balance. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Yeah, I don't think anyone likes playing against the Shade. So I think no one was sad, or that sad, that it got nerfed. So I, I definitely still think it's playable, like Ian said. But I think the combo of people knowing it's not fun to play against, and it's not like super broken... It doesn't give a lot of reasoning to play it unless you just really, really like that play style. But I, I think it would probably sit pretty firmly in fortitude for me. Yeah. I mean, with the nerfs, you're forced to play it in Angmar only now. And then also, even in Angmar, you have restrictions now, right? So, like, you trolls and wargs 
in this list, I think, also I think, suffer from the minus one. I think just the cave troll, because Birder, I think, still has the Ingmar keyword. Okay, so it's just cave troll and the two orc profiles. Yeah, I'd put him, like, top of Fortitude, I think, because I feel like you, you see him still more than, like, the double Wraith builds. Yeah, I think top of Fortitude or bottom of Valor, because he is still one of the main, like, three centerpieces, right? Because most Angmar armies, you will see either Witch King, Gulivar, Shade, or, or multiples of those three. So I think you could still play a really effective list around this profile, and he's still one of the main, like, strategies, main win conditions of Angmar. So, yeah, either high fortitude or low valor for me. Okay, let's move on to the warriors. So the first warrior we have is the Cave Troll. Now, this is a, a profile that we also see in Moria. Uh, however, in Angmar, I believe it's it's quite a bit different. So as we just discussed with the Shade, he doesn't synergize well with the Shade. So generally, you won't see them in the same army. But he does provide a little bit of hitting power when most of your army is typically orcs, strength three orcs. But what do you guys think about him, especially with the recent FAQ change on targeting flying monsters? <laughs> I don't think it has any effect on whether you take a cave troll or not. <laughs> Unless you're playing on, like, at a tournament that, you know, uh, every board only has, like, two pieces of terrain on it. I think he's just outshadowed by, like, everything else, because... Anything in this list you're going to spend that many points on, you're probably going to want to get a hero set with like heroic stats or some other shenanigans. Dropping 80 points on like a troop in this list doesn't feel great. I think in comparison with Moria, the cave troll is much better in Moria. In Egmar, I feel like shooting is a bigger weakness. So when you think about how a troll is equal to what, like 12 orcs, 13 orcs, it hurts your numbers a lot. So. I think most of the time I would take the 12 orcs instead of the trolls. So I'm trying to think of a situation where where you would benefit from taking a cave troll. I mean, maybe at high points and you you want to have multiple threats. If you don't want Gulivar to be like your only hitter, you want like a cave troll on the flanks to hit troops and stuff like that that can be useful. I, I don't think it's, he's useless, but I, I just think that he gets in the way of you trying to hoard out your your numbers a lot of the time he's always going to be a solid profile we've talked about him in the past before he's probably one of the only non-hero monsters that are playable but yeah like you guys said his role doesn't synergize really well with the army list there's better assassins there's better hitters and then he doesn't really do much in the support role because he's not a spirit you know so he, he's fine, but definitely not a must-take. If he worked with the Shade well, I think it actually would be a really interesting build there. But all they the things we can wish for. They I, I, I mean, I think it the would, nerf to the Shade was fine, but I think the Cave Troll should just get the Angmar keyword in the list, right? Yeah. Like, everything in the list should just get that, because then, you know, an all-monster list, but you're fighting against that, and most of your guys get minus ones. That means, like, you know, even though they're not named, it's it's... It's interesting. I don't know, but yeah, he's probably somewhere around where the Wild War Chieftain is. Like, you see him, but not a lot. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay, next we have the Angmar Orc Warrior. So this was uh, the warrior we were talking about when we were discussing the army bonus. So 
basically when they're close, when they're within three inches of a spirit hero in this army, they gain the terror rule. So since this is usually the backbone of your army, you, you have dozens of them. Potentially could mean most of your army having terror. And with your army usually having Harbinger, that can be very deadly. Yeah, I mean, orcs are already like a solid profile in the other armies that they're in. And in this one, they're particularly good. They're, they're actual legends here. Well, yeah, if, if you do the, the troop-centric build where you just have a shade um, and some other spirit heroes and you, and then just a massive orcs, they, they actually do become quite scary. But even in the more hero-focused ones, like you still have to take like a decent amount of orc warriors, I think. Absolutely. The cheapness of the profile and, and just the fact that they, you know, they can still hit defense five, which is going to be fight three. Is, it's, it's, it's the perfect profile for this list for, to allow you to get all the fun stuff that you want to take to do all those combos. I would say that the a- average army, people try to spend only up to half their points on heroes. In Angmar, I feel like you can cheat out of that a little bit and go above the half. And it's because of this profile. You're like, okay, it's 800 point list. I'm going to spend 500 on heroes or 550 because I know I can still hit the numbers. They're great. I don't know if I would put them on top of Legend. I guess in, in terms of popularity, when have you seen an Eggmar without this profile? So in that case, it would be at the top of Legend. But how often would you say like they're the MVP and they win the game for you? I think still Legend, but maybe not the top. Yeah, maybe at the bottom of Legend because I still think they're amazing and... Easily the best troop in this army. Well, yeah, they're not they're not the best by any means. Still, just like a, a humble orc warrior, but just like I said, the points cost and the combination works well with like list building for this. So, by virtue of that, and then the army bonus, and then the other bonuses available, I think they do just pip into legend. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say they're they're a perfect profile. Like their shooting is pretty worthless. This edition, they lost the access to uh, orc trackers, and now you know most. Angmar players I see, they just don't even bother with bows. And, you know, without Fury in the list, their courage is still pretty bad. So, you know, they have their weaknesses, but when they're so cheap, you you don't really care. The next profile we have is the Angmar Wargrider. So this is like the same as uh, the standard Wargrider profile, except with the Angmar keyword. So it's basically just an orc warrior on, on a wild warg. You know, we talked about mobility a little bit earlier. What do you guys think about taking Wargriders instead of, like, Heroic March in Angmar lists? Uh, I think you might take both, honestly. But, like, not mass. Like, you probably only grab two or three just, just to have a little bit of extra mobility, but also to be able to cancel enemy hero, like, cavalry bonuses. Um, or to, like, nerf enemy heroes or any cavalry that are charging around. But, you know, I, I think you're still going to see them fairly frequently if, in most builds it's the same thing as the regular orc warriors right they're they're what 12 points with a shield 11 points base like they're still very efficient just to get a cab in the list yeah i would say though they're probably a little less valuable than the orc warrior just because if you're going just for speed the next option we're going to talk about there's a more budget option and you can still get the 10 inch moves so it's not as much of a must take but then, of course, there's stuff that you can do with the Warg Rider that you can't do with the Wild Warg, you know, like the dismounting and the charging other enemy cavalry to mitigate their attack bonuses. So, I don't know, maybe I would say like a Fortitude Valor in between there. I like the Warg Rider profile in other lists better. Um, like, I prefer them in 
in Mordor and Isengard in Angmar. I just I would rather take the Orc Captain. And like Richard mentioned, the budget option Wild Orc, I I'd rather take a few of those. I don't know. I, I just think that Wargriders kind of cut down on your numbers a little bit too. Like, I don't think your list is necessarily inefficient if you take them, but I would rather take Wild Wargs for mobility. Yeah, I'm fine with them being four or two. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Split the difference. They're good. Good enough. Okay, we have the Wild Warg next. So we kind of just started talking about them. They are the cheap option for mobility in this list. Their cost is just slightly over the cost of an orc, and they provide the 10-inch movement. Uh, not very impressive in combat. You know, they're still fight three and still defense four. But they do allow you to send models off to objectives and, you know, make traps for a pretty cheap cost. Oh, yeah. I, I love these guys, and I think... They're a better deal than their cousins, the Felwargs, too. When Whenever you can get, like, a 10-inch model for, like, cheap, cheap, like, under 10 points, it doesn't even really matter what their stats are. You know, like, I played the Spider Queen a lot, and those Broodlings, like, they have the worst stats ever, but whenever, you know, you position them right, you're just throwing them around, they can do a lot of crazy stuff, and same thing as these guys. So they're just so cheap. Like, they're a little bit more than an Orc Warrior, and then you get this super fast-moving unit. It has to be ranked pretty high here for me. Yeah, the only thing that puts them down compared to an Orc is their 40-millimeter base. You know, you, you're never going to use Wild Orcs as, like, your main battle line. You know, they can't be supported by spears, and... They can get surrounded pretty easily. They're not great in actual fight, so you're not going to want to spam them out, even though they are cheap. Yeah. But I think they're solid Valor. Okay, yeah, fine. We can put them in Valor. I mean, like, I know it's useful to have the 10-inch movement models, but I just feel like the wargs by themselves, like, all they do is just die. We said this list is vulnerable to shooting. These guys are defense four. Like, any bow wounds them on a five or better, right? And then their giant base size means once they get into combat, they're going to get swamped and killed super quickly. I don't know. They're fine. I don't think they're amazing. But I will, I will bow to, to being outvoted on this one a little bit. I will agree that uh, in the past I've used them in the wrong way, and, and that's how I've learned it, where I've just thrown them into combat. But they're definitely not good in fighting, and, and, and you're right. Like, when your army is so prone to shooting, you're not going to want to take too many of them. But in scenario pools that are not kill the enemy, I think you're, they're going to be useful almost every game. Absolutely. That's, that is true. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just like the war riders a bit better. But, yeah, the mobility is still good. Still, that definitely you still definitely gonna take at least a couple of them or a couple of the work writers in every list you build, pretty much. Final warrior profile we have is the Dead Marsh Spectre, or what the Sentinel should be. <laughs> Your high courage troops in the list, yay! <laughs> yeah, the, these guys are very very crazy value because if you don't have like your whole army is fearless even if you have like courage four like your guys are going to be eventually just line scattered random guys running all over the place you know if your guy has an objective like you know you can't trust that just the amount of like 
movement shenanigans that you can do like is insane but yeah i mean typical build is what between two and six of these guys probably just because they 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 do end up eating into your points when you're already spending tons of points on heroes but they, they got a lot going for them they got the the pullout is great. Their high courage is nice. I think they even have blades of the dead, so they can they can actually wound things, you know, somewhat reasonably because you're gonna have a minus one courage bubble pretty much wherever you are fighting on the board. With these guys, they're great, but unless you're doing like a niche build like Richard was talking about, you're probably not taking a, a lot of them. But you're definitely gonna want to have at least a few in there in, in whatever list you're gonna be building. Yeah, even with lists that have Fearless, generally the Fearless is provided by a single hero or some kind of shaman. Angmar has the power to just delete like a hero from the board. And when they do that, then the Spectres go to work. Uh, for those that watched our Lothlorien tier list, basically all the negatives we said about the Sentinel, the Spectre doesn't have those. So he doesn't have the two attack that you're paying for, and he doesn't have the Elven Cloak that you're paying for. Uh, so you can have so many more of them it's almost the same but way better he's also d4 which isn't great D5. but it's easy d5 yeah <laughs> oh my god that's a huge jump above d3 q q the me the guy that she tells you not to worry about what is that yeah, fuck man <laughs> <laughs> they got that lake town armor yeah no yeah. shit eh Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Warriors wait, wait, of Numenor. Yeah, Numenor I know. Are, wear armor, but after they become undead, it becomes heavy armor. No, no, no. That's why Numenor doesn't have any heavy armor. It's because everybody who wore it was at this one battle specifically. They took all the good stuff, and then they all drowned. That doesn't make sense, but okay. What the I'm, I'm thinking so this stupid. profile's got to be at least Valor. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's another, probably top of Valor. In Legend, honestly. Like, I think it's another staple of Angmar the, at this point. The only reason I hesitate to put in Legend is, yeah, there, there is a situation I brought up where, like, the arm form, you could be fearless, and if you can't take out that target that provides a fearless, they could have limited use. The other thing is, it could be an army without very many good targets. If they don't have, like, a banner or, like, a monster that you can fell light away then they might not do very much, especially if you only take one or two of them. Like, if you're playing against, like, Goblin Town and you only have three Spectres, like, they can move a couple Goblins away, but it's probably inconsequential. Because even um, if we're talking about Courage 5 lists, like, with Elves and stuff, the the fact that you have Harbinger of Evil, like, the regular Elves are solid targets now. So I I would kind of be okay with this, too. Yeah, because the way how Thalite works is you can't resist it because it's not a spell, right? And with an army that also has access to Drain Courage, uh, you could really bully heroes into not doing anything. Yeah. Because most of the heroes, if they don't have Fortify Spirit, they're going to be really hesitant to use Will to resist a Drain Courage when there's huge hitting spells like Paralyze yeah. in this list. Yeah. Yeah, it can also get to the point where if, if you get enough of those Drain Courages off, you don't even need to Paralyze the hero because they're not going to be able to charge anything in your army anyway. It's, yeah. yeah, that's... Or they're just going to spend the entire game wandering off because of the Spectres. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I think they deserve Legend. 
So there's actually one profile that we almost missed and the end of uh, Scar in the Shire. It is Goldfimble or Chieftain. Hands down, the best here you can get for this army at like 150 points, I think. <laughs> at 150 points, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. important part. If you play in like Minimize or something that the Aussies do, this guy probably rocks it. Spam those orcs out. Yeah. So his rules are a bit strange because he is like a narratively driven profile, right? Written for to fight hobbits, basically. He's like basically an orc captain, but you get the strike instead of the march. Um, he's only fight three, though. And instead of his, the fate point that the orc captain has, he has a five plus save. So, yeah, this, the, the five-up save is, is a passive, right? So is there any... There's no way to get rid of that, right? Besides, like, flowy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, so. he, if he keeps making those saves, he'd, he, <laughs> he'll keep living, I guess. He's, like, potentially more durable than an orc captain, I guess, if you save his, like, his might to boost up those rolls, but... Mm -hmm. Also, he's capped at D5, so not really. At first, I would say take him for the Heroic Strike, but at Fight 3 Heroic Strike, it's like it's not good. It's not consistent. No. I mean, okay, I mean, so it is Angmar, and obviously anything hitting a paralyzed model is good, but this guy mounted, if he goes two-handed with his hand and a half mace against somebody who's on the floor, like, he, like he'll put out some damage, but... You know, it's he costs fifty points, and I think every time you're gonna take a barrel light instead. Yeah, and what we said about the orc shaman, who is also fifty points, I'm I'm starting to think the orc shaman gets a friend in independent tier. because ah. comparing him to the barrel light again, or in case in in this case the orc captain, you're gonna take the orc captain every time. I think. Well, uh, I mean, not because barrel whites can lead twelve. Damn it, they're so good. It's it's not so much that he is like an unusable profile, but it's just that the ore captain and the barrel white are in the list, and they're just better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ore captains fight four base, which is just flat out better and it can piercing strike to strike five which you know it's not as good as a hand and a half weapon but it's, it's like it's good enough yeah yeah to crack e7 yeah you know if he had heroic defense he'd actually be a pretty neat profile yeah the way it is now i mean he's got heroic challenge that's cool if you want to give your opponent a point on might or two <laughs> or if he had three might He'd be a good my battery app option in Angmar. Yeah, but then like risky because he's still two wounds zero fate. Yeah. Uh yeah, just at that price point. I mean, how much is it? Or Captain Mounted is with a shield is fifty five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which, it, which if you if you didn't take the shield, it would be the same cost except the or Captain would have one fate. I think he's pointed to be able to compete with an or Captain. But it's just missing a little bit. It's just not quite there. Yeah. It doesn't synergize with Angmar. No. I. Uh, no. 
I mean, maybe if you're doing like the beasties list, like that version where you're running like the war chieftain around, yeah. then he kind of makes sense. But that's like more of a themed list, and then you just you're bringing him so you have a cheap strike to just because to have one. But yeah, he's not he's not he's not doing a lot. So looking at the tier list right now, I'm actually thinking that Dwemer Lake should go into minor because. I was thinking the other day, like, if you were to build an um, unnamed ringwraith with 16 will, let's say he could go up to 16 will, that's about 110 points. So, Dormer Lake, even if he never used a special rule, he's only about 10 points over cost. Like, even if he valued his special rule at zero points. So, I'm like, I just don't think he's as bad as these two. <laughs> are his casting values are the same as the normal wraith? Yeah. Except his... Uh, Black dart is 12 inches. There are some wraiths that randomly have a 6-inch black dart. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with something being in, like, the C tier. It, I don't think it makes a huge difference yeah. overall. Just um, these two, I think, are at the bottom because there's no reason for you to see them. While C is, like, inefficient, but y- you can build something around them sort of tier. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him, him going up there. You think golf ball is above the uh, the shaman? I mean, what it doesn't do make think? a difference. <laughs> it doesn't really make a difference. I don't know. They're both kind of a meme. Yeah, yeah. I feel I, like I mean, sh- the shaman with wither though kind of synergizes at higher points if you get other spells in there because the wither can be really effective. But when you're like threatening the paralyzed, your opponent's more likely just to let it go through and let it happen. So it kind of synergizes better with the list. Whereas I Golf and Bowl just yeah, exists. I, I can see that. Golf and Bowl, while it's just like, I can't I can't really see what he would bring to the list. You're probably laughing pretty hard if Golf and Bowl like, charges into a small hero like Madril. Like, he could easily just, like, bonk in one turn. And nobody's going to see that one coming. But, like, yeah, he's still pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Golf and Bowl comes in last on the tier list. Yes. It would be a shame that we, if we had a forgotten him, that would have added a lot to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this has been our tier list of Angmar. Thank you all for watching. Look forward to the next episode of Into the West.